Hi, everyone. This is Brian Zerman with Becker's Healthcare. Thank you for tuning in to the podcast. Today, I'm thrilled to be joined by Dr. Daniel Chan, the Medical Director of Joint Replacement at Cypress Creek Surgical Center. Dr. Chan, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. Look forward to our discussion. Yeah, and, and for sure, we're going to dive in and, and talk about um, excellence and efficiency in the ASC. But before we get into that, can you just share a bit about your, your professional background and, and your organization, of course? Sure. Uh, I'm actually an orthopedic trauma surgeon by training. That's my fellowship training. But living in South Florida, where there is such a need for joint replacements, uh, my practice has evolved to performing a large number of hip and knee replacements as part of our practice. And then uh, with healthcare being what it is, transitioning a lot of those cases um, to the outpatient and ambulatory surgical setting, which is why we're here today. But I still do a fair amount of complex reconstructive trauma. Excellent. Well, I appreciate you sharing that. And and can you tell us a a little bit more then, too, about sort of Cypress Creek Surgical Center, why you chose to practice there, sort of the evolution of how, a little more details about the evolution that that you sort of just uh, alluded to, how that all came about. Sure. Cypress Creek Outpatient Surgical Center was started as somewhat of a joint venture between a subsidiary of the healthcare system that I work for, which is Memorial Healthcare System, and and then also some uh, physician investors as well. And it really was designed from the ground up to anticipate and accommodate a lot of the more complex procedures that are migrating even as we speak into the outpatient space. So namely joint replacement, uh, spine, and even other things like bariatrics and uh, you know cardiovascular services. So um, there are five operating rooms, two of the larger operating rooms that I do are hip and knee replacements in are actually larger than the hospital operating rooms. So really just designed to um, accommodate some of these complex cases with multiple trays and C-arm and robotics and all of these things. Um, and the, the surgery center is actually located in a medical building where my office sits as well. So Uh, My office with our physical therapy is located directly above the surgery center. So patients really can experience a one-stop shop where they can come see us in the office, come have their surgery, come back for their physical therapy. We also have MRI, urgent care, primary care on site. So it's kind of a nice, um, like I said, one-stop shop where everybody uh, uh, can get all of their care uh, throughout their episode in one location. Yeah, it sounds like you know. Of course, you're you're set up there with the the proper infrastructure to really drive excellence in the surgery surgery center, right? You've got uh, a lot of great space. The space is unique. Um, the the tools are all uh, excellent. But that's not that alone isn't going to achieve excellence in the ASC, right? Um, you need values and, and sort of a, the, the core mission that drives everyone, brings everyone t- together. So, could you discuss, Dr. Chan, sort of what those core values are at, at, at Cypress Creek Surgical Center and how they contribute to ultimately enhancing that patient experience? Sure. Everything starts with the patient, the patient experience, the patient outcome. And our commitment is to have the patients have a safe procedure in the ambulatory surgery center. Uh, that's always a concern sometimes with patients not being in the hospital and not having that perceived security, whether it's uh, true or not. And so we want to provide that comfort, that security, that excellence. And that comes from administration on down. And people have really appreciated the effort we put into making everything safe to have the latest technologies so that we're not compromising on the 
service and the product that we're delivering. It goes to staffing, where we really uh, try to create a culture of excellence and with all the staff that we're able to re retain, despite you know the post-COVID staffing crisis, we've had very consistent staff and that really makes for a safe environment. And the patients really see that. They really see that the staff come, they're engaged, they wanna be there. It's not like they're just clocking in for their shift and then checking out without really caring. The, the, the staff are really uh, engaged and that really shows uh, in the patient satisfaction, which is 99% plus, far better than uh, other outpatient centers or even the hospital setting. And you've really painted a, a, a broad picture here about sort of the, the facility, the, the people within it, how it works and how you strive for that excellence uh, in patient experience and care. But I'm curious if we can sort of zero in maybe on your your personal approach to surgery and how that fits into to Cypress Creek Surgical Center, sort of some of the the the, the tools, you, you, the space you have um, and, and how you think about your personal approach and how it fits into to the bigger picture there. Sure. Um, I think uh, it really starts far upstream from that. And so when we evaluate patients in the office, even though I'm a surgeon and I love doing surgery, uh, sometimes surgery is not the best option for the patient. And so you really have to start with what's in the best interest of the patient. And I will say probably some of my happiest patients, the patients I tell that you don't need surgery and uh, and they really appreciate that and uh, and when they see that their physician is not somebody that's just trying to get another procedure under their belt and uh, they they really appreciate that and I spend a lot of time talking people out of surgery if I don't feel that it's appropriate for them but once they decided to uh, in a joint decision and uh, as an informed decision decide to proceed with surgery we want to offer them the best possible experience and so I kind of uh, reiterating some of the same points is. We want them in the safest environment with the latest technology, the latest tools, the latest um, things that we have at our disposal to maximize the chances of an excellent outcome. And so I think being able to do surgery in a surgery center where the patients are not packed in like sardines with other 50 other patients in a pre-op holding area, they're not exposed to some of the potential hospital-acquired infections. Uh, they have a much more personalized concierge-type uh, experience with our staff. Uh, moving into the operating room, we have the exact same technologies such as uh, computer-assisted hip navigation, robotic-assisted knee replacements, all the latest implants, instruments, and techniques that they would see in the hospital setting. Uh, all of that just contributes to patients getting the feeling that they're getting the best possible care that current healthcare has to offer them. Yeah, and, and what's coming through in your comments too to me is really this commitment to the patient centricity, it starts with the patient first. You're building that those bonds of trust early on, but also a real commitment to to innovation and, and embracing sort of the, the best technology. So can you talk even a little bit more about that aspect of it, how you advance techniques, thinking here about minimally invasive approaches and, and, and robotic-assisted solutions, sort of integrating all those in, into this sort of patient-centric but also innovative type of care? Absolutely. And I, I would probably start by saying that of all medical specialties, orthopedic surgery, specifically elective orthopedic surgery, is probably the most patient consumerism driven specialty out there. And so when patients come to us, they already are very educated. They know about the surgeon before they've selected him or her. They know about the techniques. They've read up about them. And so the patient already comes to us very educated. And so it's our 
obligation really to further educate them, to offer them the latest and the greatest. So if you look at the hip replacement side, one of the most profound changes I think in the past 10 to 15 years has been the adoption of an anterior approach. So going into the hip from the front as opposed to the back and the various instruments like the specialized orthopedic table, the HANA table that facilitates that, the specialized instrumentation, going away from that also too, or, or, or furthering that is using live x-ray or fluoroscopy and using computer navigation to uh, maximize the chances that your implant position is optimum to minimize the risk of dislocation, that you're getting the patient's anatomic variables like leg length and offset perfect as well. Uh, so, so, so those are some of the, the techniques that we've uh, adopted. And more recently, um, in terms of the approach itself, we've gone away from doing a vertical incision, which for some patients may have difficulty healing and may not be the most cosmetic. We've gone to a more of a bikini incision for an anterior approach, which maximizes the, uh, the healing and as well as the appearance of the scar. Patients really appreciate that. When you go to the knee replacement side, uh, everything now is about uh, personalizing the operation. It's not just using a standard cutting block at a st standard angle for every single patient, which may not fit them best. It's utilizing advanced technologies like robotic assistance to really get an accurate idea of how a patient's knee feels and moves, the alignment, the soft tissue tension, and using those parameters to customize how you do the cuts, how you do the balancing, so that the knee feels as natural as possible. And hopefully that would lead to uh, a smoother recovery, a better long-term result. I very much appreciate you walking us through that. Some some really fascinating advancements in those those procedures. I want to move though to something you sort of mentioned at the top of your 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 answer there, which is patients coming to you very educated and doing their own research online. And of course, being online or a presence online is such an important part of engaging with patients these days and really conducting that that patient outreach. And, and you've been involved in that, I believe, in, in patient outreach and social media optimization as well. So what advice then do you have, Dr. Chan, for, for other surgeons who might want to grow their practices through you know, that online presence and social media? Yes. So uh, again, to echo my previous comments, really patients are in this space finding their surgeon through online reviews, online profiles, websites, things like that. And so anything a surgeon can do to optimize their profile and visibility in those spaces is going to pay dividends. My personal belief is that, you know, the days of uh, physicians going door to door or surgeons going door to door to other uh, primary care physicians trying to drum up some referrals. Those that That's probably a, a fairly low yield method. Uh, I think even if a physician refers a patient to a surgeon, uh, that patient is going to do their own research. And then in the, in the realm of hip and knee replacement, where you may be thinking more of a Medicare age population that you may assume may not be computer savvy. Number one, that probably isn't true, but even if it is true, I've had many patients come to the office where they, they come in, they're 70 years old and they say, well, you know, um, I didn't know who to go to, but my daughter in Chicago, uh, you know, searched online and found you and that's why I'm here. So um, maximizing uh, positive reviews from patients who have gone through uh, surgery with you in the recovery process, you know, having them post reviews on Google, health grades, Facebook, 
uh, vitals, uh, all of those sites will kind of aggregate and, and improve your visibility online. And uh, at least in my view, you know, having a certain number of five-star reviews is important because obviously you're always going to get somebody who isn't hundred percent satisfied and it may not even be reasons related to the physician, uh, him or herself, uh, but having enough five-star reviews to kind of offset the occasional negative review is important. But my personal belief is that uh, at least what I've experienced is that patients actually take time to read the reviews themselves, the comments. And so when patients read about the experience of having surgery in an outpatient facility, how easy it was, what a pleasant experience it was, that really drives their decision-making far more than your numeric score or the number of five-star reviews that you have. Um, and then social media, uh, you know, you, you can spend a lot of time, you know, doing social media. I know people spend hours and hours doing TikToks and, and videos and, and that's fine. And that may be helpful if you want to become an influencer. I don't want to become an influencer. My goal is really just to uh, promote the practice. And so I'll post interesting cases. I'll engage on LinkedIn, really all with the goal of uh, providing some content if a patient is interested and as well feeding back to your Google profile uh, so that your name comes up as high as possible. Yeah, such an interesting point there, really leveraging social media in a way that is accurately reflective of who you want to be and, and how you want to show up in, in, in the industry, right? Correct. Yeah. Um, can can you talk more? Because, of course, like the pursuit of excellence kind of never stops in professional education um, is really an important component of that. So can you talk through sort of maybe some of the you know professional education opportunities Cypress Creek offers to surgeons? Are there any special initiatives that are worth calling out here or or how does it sort of influence or work into your your day to day? Absolutely. Uh, we, we've partnered uh, extensively with Depew, J&J, Johnson & Johnson to offer uh, a multitude of educational opportunities for surgeons who are looking to adopt some of these techniques or implement some of these same day surgery workflows in their own practice. And so for surgeons that are just new to some of the techniques like robotic assisted uh, knee replacement surgery or computer navigated anterior hip replacement surgery, we can offer them a training lab where they can come into the surgery center just to see how it looks and, and, and you know how things are set up, but really to train, for example, on a cadaver, uh, get their hands you know, dirty, so to speak, uh, practicing with the implants with with a proctor like myself, guiding them through a, a mock surgery and getting familiar with those techniques. Uh, if they've if they're beyond that and they're already doing that in the hospital setting, but now want to uh, transition that into an outpatient ambulatory surgical center environment uh, through Depew, we offer a site visitation and some of those things can be really transformative and surgeons and their teams can uh, take that back to their home facility. And uh, uh, most recently we had a team come up from Brazil and uh, you know, in Brazil, they're still used to all of their routine hip and knee replacements staying in the hospital two to three days. So that was a whole paradigm shift that they were able to see where people are walking out the door literally in, in 90 minutes to two hours. And so those are the things that uh, can really push the needle forward for people uh, and organizations looking to really uh, transition to a rapid recovery joint replacement uh, arena. Yeah, really prizing excellence within your own facility, but uh, and, and driving innovation elsewhere too. I appreciate that, Dr. Chan. 
Yep. Um, I, I, I want to get to a question now because you were recently here in Chicago where I'm sitting uh, for, for Becker's 29th ASC annual meeting. And you were a part of a panel that really examined best practices in orthopedics and, and multi-specialty ASCs and the value of education, sort of what you, you just discussed there in the ASC setting. Can you just talk a little bit about your experience on that panel and anything maybe you haven't got to hit on in this conversation that you were able to hit on in that one? Sure. I think the the important thing is that uh, the education is is always two ways. Uh, and I think kind of the cliche goes, you know, the teacher, you know, learns as much as the student. And so in the process of offering all of these uh, educational opportunities, uh, we're forced to examine our own workflows and find ways to do things better and better every day. So I think it's this continuous uh, process of, of process improvement, uh, which, you know, by being an educator, we're also forced to, to uh, you know, keep up our game as well. Uh, and also the importance of, of the whole team, uh, from the surgeon to the anesthesiologist to the administrators at the surgery center, which handles some of the uh, business-sided decisions uh, to our uh, consultants at the implant company, just trying to create that whole ecosystem where things are running best for all stakeholders involved, from the surgeon to the patient to the facility. Uh, it really can be a win-win, and education uh, is one tool just to uh, further the goals of the organization on all fronts. Excellent. Well, Dr. Chan, it's been a pleasure having you uh, on the podcast and, and, of course, at our event. To close out here, I just I just want to ask you, what's on the horizon for, for Cypress Creek Surgical Center in the next few years? What initiatives are you, are you finding particularly valuable or looking forward to the most? What's coming up? Yeah, I think as healthcare continues to change at such a, a rapid rate, I think organizations like surgery centers can be the most nimble in providing value to uh, potential clients or stakeholders. So, you know, one of the things, just because of our geographic location, one of the things that I'd really like to uh, get off the ground and, and, and do more of is this concept of medical tourism. Uh, many people from uh, Central and South America spend a lot of time here in South Florida, have second homes here. Uh, our facility is located on the border of Fort Lauderdale Executive Airport, which is one of the busiest private airports in the country. So we really envision having people being able to fly in uh, because we're a one-stop shop, being able to have their consultation, pre-op lab, surgery, first visit of physical therapy all in one day and then fly out uh, the very same day. Uh, along the same lines, I think, is is uh, kind of trying to expand into other uh, non-traditional uh, payers, such as employers. And so if you have big employers, you know, we're reading about Amazon, Walmart, Target, you know, sometimes they want to send patients who need joint replacement, you know, to a hospital in Mexico, even though it's a U.S. surgeon, they're sending them, you know, abroad. And so I think we can offer the same or better and, and for the same price or cheaper. And so it's kind of engaging those uh, larger employer entities to see if we can offer uh, something of value. And again, on the topic of value, it's really talking about uh, value-based care. And so, you know, as everything transitions to somewhat of a risk-based model or narrow networks, it's approaching those entities where we, we tell them, look, you guys want to control costs. That's great. Uh, you want to make sure that your hip and knee replacement candidates go through the full battery of non-surgical care. And you, you don't want to let everybody have 
an expensive surgery, we get that. But the ones that really do need it, uh, we want you to use us because we can do it the best, safest, and cheapest. And so those types of, I think, uh, frontiers are going to be uh, important for us, you know, as, as there's continued downward pressure on reimbursement from Medicare and, and obviously the, the private payers to follow. And so we have to be nimble enough to adapt to stay viable and, and, uh, and, and relevant. Yeah, it's some really fascinating stuff you're you're working on. Um, I look forward to, to hearing more about it uh, eventually. Hopefully, our paths cross again. We have you back on the podcast for another event, and we get to get some updates from you, Doctor Chan. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. Thank you for having me. Enjoy the conversation. And I, of course, also want to thank our sponsor, Depew Synthes, the orthopedic company of Johnson and Johnson. You can tune into more podcasts from Becker's Healthcare by visiting our podcast page at beckershospitalreview.com.